Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. One semester of law school. One semester of criminal justice. Two experts. I'm Kristen Caruso. I'm Brandi Pond. Let's go to court. On this episode, I'll be talking about amnesia. Ooh. Yeah. This happened to every major character in every TV show in the 90s. Yep. I am ready for yeah, this. You you get ready for this. I'm convinced it's not real, though. Ooh, you don't think amnesia is real? Much like depression. No, depression very real. <laughs> <laughs> or ovarian cysts. Also, also, not also real. very real. Do you want to talk about do you want to talk about what's been going on with you, ma'am? Everyone, everyone. It's a beautiful life. Today, Kristen is dressed like a golden girl today. I am am absolutely dressed like a golden girl. I've got a three-piece loungewear ensemble uh, in a lovely green, very monochromatic. I have a heating pad over my lap. Yeah. I'm looking good. Yeah. I'm looking good. Um, Hey, gang, remember that really fun time three years ago when my ovaries exploded? Yeah. My whole vagina attacked me. <laughs> that's what that's what the doctor said. Is that what that's what that was your official medical diagnosis? vagina. Um yeah, so I uh, something's happening. I was yeah. at the ER yesterday. Yeah. We're not sure what's going on. Right. Right. So I mean possibly my ovarian cysts are bursting or yeah. whatever probably not as bad as last time definitely right. not as bad as last yeah. time but still sucks i i'm what, mentioning is there a knock at the door no that was probably the dogs running all over the oh, place like a nose at the door you it's think? a mess in this oh, house okay. brandy if you'll notice i didn't make my bed today i didn't actually if notice, you'll notice i'm dressed like blanche today. you are dressed like- yeah i did notice that <laughs> I mention this only because some people might feel like I'm not really bringing the thunder to the episode. <laughs> and I just want you to know that it's my ovaries' fault. Okay. <laughs> not my ovaries. It's my ovarian cysts. Yeah. Fault. Your ovaries are just in there minding their own fucking business. Exactly. Yeah. Doing what ovaries do. Yeah. Laying eggs. And then these cysts are insisting they're on like, being there. <laughs> you know, it is kind of weird when you think about it. Like your little your ovaries are like little chickens inside you. <laughs> Little hens just laying eggs once a uh-huh. month. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that all you got there? That's all I that, got. Okay, that's great. The whole, that's the whole thing. Anyway, <laughs> I'm fine. I'm a brave little soldier. Uh-huh. Oh, don't cry for me. Oh, Argentina. Um, <laughs> you don't know what to do with this, do you? I don't. I don't. I'm uncomfortable. Why are you uncomfortable? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm not uncomfortable. No, but I think you're going to like this because. You recently mentioned that you thought amnesia would be more prevalent in your life. Yeah, so someone asked us a question like, what was something you thought would be more prevalent in your life? Yeah. And they said quicksand based yeah. on cartoons, which I agree. I thought yeah. for sure we'd all encounter quicksand multiple times right. in our lives. Yeah. And I said that, that I thought you would catch on fire all the time. The right. amount of times they teach you to stop, drop, and roll, which they don't even teach people anymore. 
because they want people Casey to told me the fire. reason and now I can't remember you it. You tuned her out, didn't you? She said actually I read it. She said it to me in a text and now I cannot for the life of me remember what she said. Casey, she doesn't read your texts. <laughs> I did read it. Casey, only send pictures, please. <laughs> That's what we're dealing with over here. If you send me like a nice graphic about why they've discontinued, not too many words, not too many words, please. (laughs) Yeah, and I said amnesia. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you a story about amnesia today. Will you mention Michelle Tanner? No. Ooh, but I did like that episode. Everyone liked that. She fell off the horse. She hit her head on a rock. Yeah. Yeah. She was a new Michelle. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start your story. All right, shout outs to genealogytrails.com, which is the weirdest what? website I've ever found, but it had a collection. Okay, this is what it says at the top, okay? Okay. The website is genealogytrails.com. Uh-huh. At the top, picture it, if you will. First of all, let me just let, let me let me paint a picture of the page layout for you, okay? I already know what it looks this like. This is a real old 90s. school web page layout. Mm-hmm. Out, there is a background that looks like a knotty pine oh, paneling. Yes. Uh-huh. Excellent. And, uh-huh. And then a front that is a um, a pale yellow yes. <laughs> box filled with text. Mm-hmm. At the top, it says Kansas Trails, dedicated to free genealogy. Hmm. And then there's a buffalo <laughs> next to it. Sure. And then for what song played when you pulled up? No this song. <laughs> no, but I do tend to have my computer volume muted, so that's a shame. And then, for reasons that I don't know, mm-hmm. at this particular website is a collection of articles about this case. We best not question it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, shout out to that weird website. <laughs> How did you find that website? Googling, Just Googling this case. the guy. Okay. Yeah, Googling right. the person in the case. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. Also, shout out to the Wichita Eagle and the Kansas City Star. Most of this comes from uh, their reporting and the court record. All right. You ready? <laughs> I I am. I really like how you've got your head cocked. Yeah. Like, oh boy, oh here boy. we go. Oh boy. Okay. Mary Fager had no idea what she was about to walk into when she arrived home on December 31st, 1987. I'm going to stop you right there, Kristen. I I didn't say a goddamn thing. I want to give a form of disclaimer for this episode. Okay. And old-timey disclaimer does not really seem to fit. It's just like a time period disclaimer. So because of the time period that this happened in, it happened in the late 80s, Not great coverage available on it. I can find old newspapers mm-hmm. through newspapers.com, found a bunch of good stuff there. Mm-hmm. But no, like, one overarching coverage of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, lots of contradictory information out there. So I went with, you know, what seemed to be the most common across multiple sources. Brandy, we but... have the old-timey <laughs> disclaimer for a reason. I know, but... I Did it just personally, personally you? I personally will be offended by calling a case from 1987 old timey because I'm from 1986. So, oh. <laughs> what, what, Kristen? What's that face you're making? It's a beautiful face. Okay, jealousy might be what you're feeling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyway, desire all right. is no, another thing that's for sure. You're not it. Definitely feeling. 
super horny. Uh, also option. not it. Another option <laughs> for you to have. And it's a judgment-free zone. Okay. What are we at? A Planet Fitness right now? <laughs> we are, in fact, in a Planet Fitness. <laughs> Coming to you live from Planet Fitness. <laughs> that would be terrible. Why would it be terrible? You just have gym noises in the background. Well, yeah, no, it wouldn't be good podcasting. Also, it would smell bad for us. The people wouldn't smell it, but we would smell it. Depends on which day you go. Pizza day. Pizza day, it smells funky. Yes. Fucking. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we, we've settled it then. We won't. We will not be podcasting at, live Planet from Fitness. Planet Fitness. Also, you've been asked not to return after that Velcro incident with your bra, so. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves it when my tits go flying. I would never be asked to leave. If anything, I'd be asked to stay permanently. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, anyway, um, ma'am, we'll bring you slices of pizza if you just stay on that treadmill topless. They've got a guy fanning you. Yeah. Yeah. Except, you know, okay, so I'd Velcro the bra back together again, mm-hmm. Humpty Dumpty style. Yeah. And all the king's horses and all the king's men, all the boobs and all the bobs <laughs> come back together again. Uh-huh. I think, what is it, um, Old Faithful, that like every half hour, yeah. every hour yeah. it bursts. I feel yeah. like, yeah, I couldn't be tits oh, out all the be time. like a titty countdown. Yeah, titty countdown. Okay. Do they have like a clock on the wall? Of course they Fitness? do. Of course they do. And they have an informational DVD that they play in the locker room. So people come in, watch. they yes. check the clock, and they're like, fuck, I just missed it. I got to yeah. wait another 37 minutes to see right. that bitch's titty. N- a bitch? That bitch's titty, yeah. I, first of all, I show both titties. Oh, shit. It's both tits out. It's both okay. tits out. Okay. And also, <laughs> I have never in my life been called a bitch. <laughs> Please! 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 I am known worldwide for my sweetness. Anyway, yes, there will be a DVD... Um, it won't be shown on a flat screen TV. It'll be on one of those rolly wheel jobbies. Okay. Yeah. Sure. And the quality will be terrible because okay. it will have been played so many times. I can tell you're done Naturally, with this bit. Yeah. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> Let me stop you right there. <laughs> anyway, back to the case, which I've uh, done one sentence of, and I'm going to do that one sentence again. Whose fault is that? It's my own fault. Uh-huh, it is my uh-huh. own fault. Not this bitch here. All right. I'm here not we a go, bitch. bitch. <laughs> Mary Fager had no idea what she was about to walk into when she arrived home on December 31st, 1987. So long ago. As she pulled her car into the driveway of her family's brick, ranch-style home located in an affluent neighborhood on the east side of Wichita, Kansas. Are you Do you to... want the address? I yes, have it. Yes, of course I want the address. Okay, the house has been updated extensively, though. That's all right. 7015 East 14th Street, North. What? Wichita, Kansas. (laughs) That seems like too many directions. Okay, the Zillow listing has a bunch of pictures. Okay, okay. Currently not for sale. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've always liked a brick ranch. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. This has been 
This is very like I love it. I know which it's is not surprising at all. It's very yes. of the current times. It is. Everything is gray and white. Yes. Uh huh. Sleek, open concept. Yep. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. going through the. Mm, they've got the bed in front of the window. I don't like that. I don't like that either. But it might be the only option. Might be the only wall that for works. The layout. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Okay. I can't believe you weren't going to show me this house. Well, I okay. So I pulled it up, and then I was like, "Well, it's been fucking updated." So, but yeah, that's the house. Okay. All right. Didn't look like this at the time. <laughs> So that's what update means. Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you. So when Mary pulled into the driveway, she did notice that her husband's gray Volkswagen Rabbit, which is a car. I just burped. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can blame that on your ovaries, Kristen. That, how did you know? Did I have a twinkle in my eye? Excuse me, everyone. I was in the emergency room yesterday, so I'm allowed to burp and fart with impunity is that, is that the word i don't know but it sounds good if it's the wrong word no that it's my ovarian cyst that is making me dumb okay okay great anyway so she noticed her husband's car is gone but she didn't think much of it mary had what been kind of car was it you said it was a rabbit a volkswagen rabbit it's a four-door volkswagen sedan all right that's all i know <laughs> great it was gray in color Thank you for saying gray in color like you're a police officer. You're welcome. <laughs> so Mary had been in Emporia for the previous couple of days visiting her parents like between Christmas and New Year's. Mm-hmm. While her husband, Philip, had stayed home with their daughters, nine-year-old Sherry and 16-year-old Kelly. But when Mary walked through the front door, she discovered a horrible scene. Her husband, Philip, lay dead face down on the living room floor. He'd clearly been shot. And from what Mary could tell, it looked like he'd been shot as soon as he walked in the door. He still had his overcoat on. Mm -hmm. Mary ran from the house and sought help from a neighbor who called the police. And before long, Mary was whisked away. Whisked away. (laughs) What happened in your mouth? I'm not sure. (laughs) I think you've got a KitchenAid in there. Mary was whisked away to the police station and investigators descended on the Fager family home. At the station, Mary told police that she had noticed that the Volkswagen was missing from the driveway and she assumed that that meant that her daughters were safe somewhere, that they'd been away from the house when Philip had been killed. That's what she hoped anyway. Oh, my God. Before long, though. Oh, my God. My voice just cracked like I was going through puberty. Congratulations, Brandy. I'm finally a woman. (laughs) You might notice hair popping up in strange places. (laughs) Like your chin. (laughs) Unpredictable urges. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Okay. You don't have to apologize for your urges, Brandy. No, stop it. All right. No, this part's really bad. It's, no, it's really I know. It's an inappropriate time for me to be cracking my voice like a prepubescent boy. Well, I wish you would get it together, <laughs> ma'am. Sorry. Before long, though, police at the scene made a horrific discovery. When police entered the Fagers' newly built sunroom on the back of their house, so they'd added Are like an addition. Are you about to tell me that children were killed in this case? I am. I am going to tell you that. I'm about to throw you out of my house. Okay. All right. <laughs> so the Fagers had recently put in a sunroom uh-huh. on the back of their house. And then in that sunroom, they'd installed a hot tub. Oh. And so 
The police entered that sunroom area and they noticed that the cover on the family's hot tub was a bit out of place. It was kind of lifted mm-hmm. in the middle. Oh, my God. And so they pulled it back to investigate. And when they did, they discovered the bodies of Kelly and Sherry floating inside the hot tub. Oh, my God. How old are they? Nine and 16. Oh, my 16 God. 16 and nine. Oh, my God. Said their names. Yeah. Kelly, so she's the 16-year-old. She was nude. Um, And Sherry, the 9-year-old, was dressed – okay, they describe it in the official court record as light clothing. Other places have taken that to mean pajamas. Yeah, that's what I would take it to mean. So she was dressed in pajamas, and her wrists were bound behind her back with electrical tape. Oh, my God. So the police make this discovery. They've got Mary down at the police station. They actually call Mary's parents when they make this discovery. Uh-huh. And they ask them if they would come to town because they live in Poria. It's about an hour away. Yeah. And be the ones to tell Mary what they have discovered. And oh, they really? do. Yeah. I've never heard of this before. Yeah. I I would think – They'd want them there for moral support, mm-hmm. but not for them. No, they asked them to come and make the notification to her. Wow. So her parents did. They drove to the police station. And when they got oh there, God. they spoke to her and they let her know that, yeah, her whole family had been murdered. And in a horrific way. Yeah. Mary was, oh, Jesus Christ. Mary was not Jesus Christ. No. But Brandy my, did bang I did her bang my watch, on watch the table and in I'm the loudest way possible. Punish myself by taking it off now. I hope you've learned your lesson. <laughs> I have. <laughs> you love it when things go wrong. I do. I do. I really love it. So Mary was, of course, devastated. And when she was asked by the police if there was anyone who would want to harm her family, Mary said she had no idea. The Fager family lived a pretty simple life. Mary and Philip had met working at Boeing. I wasn't able to find what Mary did at Boeing, mm-hmm. but Philip was an accountant in the military division. Okay. And they met working there. Mary had actually been married previously, mm-hmm. and she had had Kelly in that relationship. And okay. then she'd met Philip. They'd gotten married, and Philip had adopted Kelly. And then they had Sherry together. The Fager family did really well. They lived in a nice home. They even, from what I found, looks like they owned some rental property. Mm -hmm. But by all accounts, they were really well-liked and well-respected. So Philip's dad is quoted in one of the articles that I read as saying that his son was really particular. He kept a very neat house and... He liked things a certain way, and so... Yeah, an accountant. Yeah. Yes, it makes total sense. The stereotype of yes, an accountant. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But nobody had like, oh, of course, this was blah, blah, blah. They've been, you know, Which, pissed yeah. at the figures forever. Like, yeah. you know, nothing Someone like that comes up. Someone does something this awful, this, you would exactly. think there would be like... Exactly. A top suspect Yeah, yes. So back at the scene, police determined that the murders... Who was Mary's first husband? I don't know. So I didn't find anything about her first husband other than something mentioning she was married before and that she had had Kelly in that relationship. Yeah. That's that's all I found. As far as I know, he wasn't in the picture in any way. Okay. 
So back at the scene, police determined that the murders had occurred 24 to 36 hours before Mary had come home. This was largely based on the newspaper delivery. Okay. So Mary had come home around noon on Thursday, and Thursday's paper was still in the driveway. But Wednesday's paper was inside the house. There was no sign of forced entry at the home, and the front door was locked when Mary had gotten there. She'd had to Mm -hmm. unlock it. Police were pretty tight-lipped initially about, like, the condition of the scene or, like, what had happened at the home when they were initially reporting yeah. on this. So they said that there had been no sign of a break-in, that the house had not been ransacked, that there was nothing missing. This was clearly not a robbery. Right. But that there were some signs of struggle inside the house. They also did announce publicly that they had no reason to suspect that the murders had any connection to any other unsolved murders in the area. BTK. At that time. Exactly. Oh, BTK. my God. Yes. So at this time. How did I not put that together? Yeah. Okay. So at this time, BTK, which I've covered on an episode before. Yeah. A very early episode. Which means it's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he would have still been not caught. Mm-hmm. But not Bind, necessarily. torture, kill, serial yes, killer, in, serial Wichita, killer Kansas. in Wichita, Kansas. At this point, he would have been dormant. He wasn't committing murders at this time. Okay. But he was still out there. They hadn't caught him. They wouldn't catch him for like another almost 20 years. Yeah. So they say that publicly. Like, no reason to. But this sounds I mean, like right? Yeah. One of the children is bound. Yeah. And he was known to kill families. Yeah. This sounds exactly like him. Okay. So, like, four days after the murders took Mm -hmm. place, the police intercepted a letter that was sent to Mary Fager that was purportedly written by BTK. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it said, okay, there's a lot of debate about what this letter actually says because it was, as far as I can tell, Mm -hmm. has never been made public. But people on the inside who have leaked stuff, the gist of the letter is believed to be, I didn't kill your family, but I do admire whoever did it. Wow. And then he did a sketch of the youngest daughter being bound. Oh, God. Next to the hot tub. So for years, this was written off as just like somebody being creepy or whatever. Why would that be? Oh, Mm -hmm. And then when they did actually catch Dennis Rader all those years later, Mm -hmm. he notoriously kept copies of every letter that he ever sent. Yeah. And they found this letter in his possession. It really was from him. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. He was bold. Yeah. Yeah. But he didn't commit this murder. At least he never took – he never – Admitted it. it. Yeah, he never admitted it. And he admitted to murders that they didn't even hadn't even connected him to. So it's very unlikely that he committed this murder. Okay. Anyway, so sorry for that little tangent. I think that's that's wild, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Also, the drawing was deemed to be inaccurate. So, like, they. Okay, that was going to be my next question. Yes, the drawing was not accurate to the scene at all. And so, there's another reason that 
the police believed. So really, I think that Mary never even got to see this letter or maybe they showed it. So the police like staked out the house for several days after mm-hmm. these murders to see if somebody would return to the scene or something like that. Right. And that's how they intercepted this letter because they were going through all the mail and everything. And so I don't know that Mary ever got possession of this letter. I think the police took it. Good. Yeah. Yes. I would not. Oh, my gosh. Can you right? imagine opening no. that? No. Okay, so obviously autopsies were performed, and the autopsies determined that Philip, Kelly, and Sherry Fager were all killed through different methods. Really? Yes, I think this is so bizarre. Philip was shot twice in the back. One one shot was at point-blank range, and one of the bullets pierced his heart and passed through his chest. My God. Kelly Fager, she's the 16-year-old. She had been drowned in the hot tub. And Sherry, she's the nine-year-old. She had been bound with electrical tape, her hands behind her back. Then she'd been strangled with that electrical tape, nearly to death. Oh, my God. And then she was placed in the hot tub where she ultimately drowned. The coroner said, essentially, she took, like, one breath. Oh, my God. In the hot tub and drowned. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is so bizarre that there are three very different methods of murder here. It seems less bizarre to me now that you've explained it. It's like, mm-hmm. to me, it's it's someone who's very cowardly. So they're not going to fight mm-hmm. the adult. Mm-hmm. They're going to oh. shoot him in the back twice. Yeah. And yeah. they will torture Mm-hmm. The children and yeah. reserve the most torture for the, for the youngest child. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So the two girls' bodies had been in the hot tub, which was at 92 degrees, mm-hmm. for more than a day. So placing their time of death was difficult. Ultimately, though, the coroner determined that Kelly had died about four hours before Sherry. So the 16-year-old died four wow. hours before the nine-year-old. Could they really make that determination that's that what the coroner, That's what the coroner determined. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So this was actually something that the investigators kept quiet. They kept this completely out of the press that there was such a time difference mm-hmm. between when the two daughters were killed. They thought that this would play an important role in catching the killer. There's actually even like a, a moment where one of the lead investigators on the case is talking to the press about it. And he's like, we're not going to talk about time of death in these cases because that's our ace in the hole. Why would you say that? You yeah. Idiot? And then honestly, once it gets to try, like it really is a nothing thing at trial. But Yeah. I guess the thing is, like, you never know what's going to be. Yes. Your ace in the hole. Yeah. But. God, what, that, that almost sounds like sitcom dumb. You yeah. Know you've got the yes. one character who says something really yeah. stupid just to move the plot forward. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. So while Mary Fager didn't have any idea of who would want to harm her family, she did tell investigators that there was someone else who should have been at the house the day the murders occurred. Okay. His name was Bill Butterworth. And he was like a builder, contractor, handyman kind of thing. And the Fagers had hired him to do their sunroom addition. He was nearing the end of the project, but Mary told officers that he would have been at the house working on the addition on December 30th. And that the family had trusted him so much that they had given him a key to the house so that he can come and go as needed. So police went to work 
tracking down Bill Butterworth, only to find that his wife had actually reported him missing the same day the Fager family's bodies were discovered. Well, all right. So William T. Butterworth, or Bill, as he was known to his friends and me. Uh, <laughs> Is this man a friend to you, Brandy? He's not. He's Big not. Fan. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so he was a contractor who lived in the Wichita area for about 10 years. He'd worked for a company. He was actually like a retired military guy. And then he mm-hmm. worked for this company called Sunrooms of Kansas installing. You, you guess? guessed it. Sunrooms. <laughs> Wow. But the company had decided to change directions and had stopped, like, installing sunrooms and they'd gone the manufacturing route. So they were only manufacturing sunrooms. And so Bill had Mm -hmm. gone and talked to his boss and he'd gotten his blessing to start his own company, Sunrooms of Wichita. Wow. And so he would install the sunrooms his old company was manufacturing. Okay. Yeah. Reportedly, Bill was very good at what he did, but times were tough. So there was a housing market crash in the 80s, similar to the 2008 housing crash. And as a result of that, there was a recession at this time. And during that recession, not a lot of people were putting sunrooms on their houses as kind of a luxury item, Mm -hmm. not a real necessity. And so Bill... I just say I think that's a stupid name for a company. Sunrooms of Wichita? I do. I do, too. I think you've boxed yourself yes. in in every way possible. Absolutely. I do one, I do thing, one thing in one place. Yes. I totally agree. All right. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we've well, decided yeah, this. I'm, yeah, I'm glad too. <laughs> so apparently Bill had run into some financial difficulties. So he was a married man. He had three kids. He had a three-year-old and six-month-old twins. Oh, my God. But by all accounts, he was... A family man. His family was like his whole world. He was a church guy. Like, well, so I mean, was BTK. He sure was. He was the deacon at his church. So mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. But other than owing some back taxes during this time when his business was really struggling, like he had never been in any kind of legal trouble. Mm-hmm. But police needed to track him down. Right. They put out a be on the lookout for his work van as well as the Fager's Volkswagen. Bill's work van was actually located the next day, Friday, January 1st, at a McDonald's about seven blocks from the Fager home. Oh. And the keys were still inside. Okay. Kelly Fager actually happened to work at that McDonald's as well. Really? Yes. But there was no sign of Bill. So on January 2nd, police announced publicly for the first time that they were looking for Bill Butterworth in connection to the Fager family murders. As far as I can tell, they didn't, like, say, like, he's a suspect in the case. I think they said he would have been at the home working and Mm -hmm. we need to locate him. Wink, wink. Sure would like to find him. And so they started looking for him. Okay. So they've got to be on the lookout for... His van, they find mm-hmm. it, and then they've got it on the Volkswagen. No luck. So on the second, they announce they're looking for him. On the third, the police get a phone call from a family member of Bill Butterworth. And they say, hey, Bill has made contact with his wife. He is speaking to her on the phone right now. Whoa. Yes. And so the police 
this is nuts so bananas to me. I can't even believe this is possible. Okay. Please call up the Wichita phone company. And they're like, trace that call. Mm-hmm. And they do. In real time, mm-hmm. they trace the call to Stewart, Florida, which is like, I don't know, 100 miles north of Miami or something. Okay. And they call up the police in Stewart, Florida, and they're like, hey, this guy is talking on this payphone. Please go see if you can find him. Wow. And they do. They go to this payphone outside of a Howard Johnson motel, a hojo, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. And he's still standing there. Talking to his wife. Holy shit. On the phone. Yeah. He sees the police come up to him. He looks very confused. Yeah, and who could blame him? And he gets off the phone and he looks at the police officer and the guy's like, I'm I'm taking you into custody. And Bill's like, Okay, what what for? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you're wanted in connection to a triple murder in Kansas. Mm -hmm. And Bill is very confused. Next to Bill on the street, though, is the Fager's Volkswagen. Hmm. And in his pocket is the keys to their car. Yeah. Yeah. So they take him into custody. They take him down to the station. And he sits down with the police for a four-hour interview. Apparently, his wife called the police station during this four hours and said, you are not to interview my husband without a lawyer present. No, that's not how that works. And he has to be the one to say that. So apparently also word got out about this and a public defender called the police station and was like, do I need to come down? Mm-hmm. For this guy. And they're like, no, no, he hasn't asked for anything. So we're good. And so Bill sat down with the police for four hours and told them everything he knew, which was nothing. Okay. He said he had no memory after December 30th, the morning of December 30th, 7 a.m. He remembers getting up, getting ready for work, kissing his wife goodbye, heading to the Fager house. Mm-hmm. And then nothing else. He said the next thing he remembered was like snapping back to reality, finding himself in Florida and having no idea how he got there. Convenient. Mm-hmm. It's pretty convenient. So he called his wife. So he called his wife, he says, after he heard a radio report, which this is nuts to me, too. Okay. Okay. So he's in Florida. Right. He hears a report on the radio about the Fager family murder mm-hmm. in Wichita, Kansas. I know it's a different time, so I'm guessing news was reported way more on the radio than who knows. Yeah. Okay. It seems wild that that story would be talked about on Florida radio, but yeah. Well, I maybe mean, because of the time, murder. maybe because of the potential for BTK. Yeah, and a triple murder, we're on the lookout for something. Like, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he says he hears that report about uh-huh. the Fagers, and that's why he called his wife. He is extremely emotional during this interview. He is heard sobbing, like, from the hallway. People can hear okay. him. People in the police department can hear him sobbing. He just keeps saying, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I, I, I can't remember anything. I can't remember anything. And so at that point, they take him into custody and he is charged just with stealing the Fager's car, Grand Mm -hmm. Theft Auto. 
And then the next day, he is charged with the murders of the Fager family. And they begin the process of extraditing him from Florida to Kansas. But he ends up not fighting the extradition, and they bring him back. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this, him not remembering anything? I mean, my assumption is it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Partly, I guess I need to know more about the timeline, but partly I'm thinking if I all of a sudden come to consciousness mm-hmm. and I'm in another state, wouldn't you call home right away? Wouldn't you be trying to figure out – like? But instead, his story is he puts on the radio and yeah. is just chilling. And then all of a sudden, he hears something disturbing and calls home. Yep. Yeah. Says the next thing he remembered was hearing the news broadcast about the Fagers. And so he called his wife. So I'd want to hear the wife's mm-hmm. story. Yeah. So he's extradited back to Kansas. He still is telling the same story. He can't remember anything. He doesn't know anything. He does not believe that he's involved in these murders in any way, but he can't remember. And there is a moment in his initial interrogation where an investigator asks him, do you think it's possible that you were involved in these murders? And he just kind of like nods his head and says, I guess. Like He doesn't necessarily deny it, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't say – yeah, I did it. He just says, right. I mean, I guess I could be, you know, because he can't remember anything, mm-hmm. according to him. So he's charged. He, I mean, he gets back to Wichita and he is assigned a public defender because he can't afford his mm-hmm. own attorney. And he is assigned Richard Ney, who at this time is like a brand new defense attorney. But he would go on to become, like, recognized as one of the best defense attorneys in the state of Kansas. Apparently, oh. he, even, he even, for a brief time, represented BTK after. Oh, gross. Okay. Yeah, after he was apprehended. Okay. Um, I don't think he's the one that took him all the way through his trial, but he did briefly yeah. represent him. Anyway, so he sits down with his public defender and he's like, OK, you know, they're having these meetings trying to figure out what the play is going to be, what the defense is going to be. And he's like, I, I can't remember anything. I can't. I have no memories. And he is sticking to that story. I have nothing. Mm-hmm. And so then he asks his public defender, Richard Ney, if he can see a psychologist. If he can go, you know, see if there's any way to help reclaim these memories that he okay. can't access for whatever reason. And so Richard Ney consults with some kind of psychiatrist initially, and mm-hmm. then he gets a referral to Dr. Robert Pace, who is a licensed clinical psychologist, psychologist, <laughs> I think I dropped the T. You did. And an expert in Amnesia. hypnosis. Oh, hypnosis. Okay. Yeah. And so Dr. Pace says that he believes that with several sessions of hypnosis that he can help Bill Butterworth recover his memories. And so Bill Butterworth goes through 20 sessions with Dr. Pace over the next four months. Wow. He's only hypnotized during 10 of them. So the other 10. Okay, so here's the interesting thing about this. I mean, I think the whole thing's interesting. But so Dr. Pace did not record these sessions in any way, which I think is very odd. He didn't video record them. He didn't audio record them. He just took very detailed notes during them. Mm -hmm. And so that's stuff that has been turned over the court. So we have some of those notes. And so there were times where Bill was too anxious or too emotional to be able to be hypnotized. Mm -hmm. And so they would just have a like a 
basic therapy session or talk about memories that he'd recovered in other sessions during those. But they did 10 sessions where Bill Butterworth was put under hypnosis to try and reclaim these memories. Mm -hmm. And it worked, if you believe Bill Butterworth and Dr. Pace. I I know so little about hypnosis. I know Is nothing that even about allowed hypnosis. In, in court like that. We'll get there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So they do these twenty sessions total, ten sessions of hypnosis, and right. you know gets a little bit of stuff, you know, kind of each session, and then kind of the over. The end result of it is that this is what he comes up with as as his reclaimed memories of what happened that day that the Fager family was murdered. Bill Butterworth said that he had been building the family's sunroom and that that day he'd come to work just like normal. Mm -hmm. He'd worked till lunch. He'd spoken to Philip Fager for a few minutes before he went to lunch. And then when he came back to finish working the rest of the day, he came back, he went to go into the sunroom and he noticed that he could smell chlorine and that the sunroom windows like had condensation on them. Right. So he thought that meant that somebody was in the hot tub. And so he didn't see anybody. He didn't hear anyone necessarily. Mm -hmm. But he believed that meant someone was in the hot tub and he thought it would be inappropriate for him to go down, not knowing if it was one of the girls or what. And so he actually left the house at that point. He said um, that he went to the mall to check out the post-Christmas sales. And he ran into a couple of people that he knew there including William Dotz, who was a retired police captain. Had a couple of conversations with a couple of different people there, purchased some clothes on a after-Christmas sale, and then returned to the house somewhere around 4.30 that afternoon after killing a couple hours. When he got back to the house, the lights were off. He thought this was really odd, but he went in anyway. He went into the sunroom And he saw Sherry's body in the hot tub. Mm -hmm. He tried to pull her out. And as he was doing so, he realized that she was dead. And so he let go of her and he ran up. So the, the... I'm having a really hard time picturing how this sunroom is because the way it is described, it must be two stories. And I don't understand how that works. But... They keep saying in all of these articles and mm-hmm. even in the court record, it says that the hot tub is in the basement of the sunroom. I don't know basement how the sunroom has a, Exactly. I don't know how the basement uh, sunroom has a basement, but okay. this is just what I'm being told. So <laughs> all right. he then runs up the stairs to go to the main part of the house okay. to get help. And he discovers Philip dead on the floor. He goes to run out of the house uh-huh. and then stops and decides he's going to call for help, call 911. He goes, he kind of comes back in, goes to grab a, a the phone, and that's when he heard some kind of noise come from the basement. And at that point, he says he panicked, he was really scared, mm-hmm. and he grabbed Philip's keys. They were laying on the floor next to his body, and he ran out of the house. He got into his own van. And tried to start it with Philip's keys, Mm -hmm. realized what he had done, grabbed his stuff, including the clothes that he had just purchased at the mall, threw it in the Fager's Volkswagen and drove away. 
you're going to have to say words, Kristen. People can't see that face you're making. (laughs) Okay. Hmm. Good grief. Okay, so the thing about the time period, Mm -hmm. where they're talking about a four-hour difference, Mm -hmm. that really works in his favor. Mm -hmm. I mean, if if that truly has not gotten out to anyone, which Mm -hmm. it seems like there must be a leak in the police force, I mean, maybe a million leaks— if that truly stayed quiet, mm-hmm. then yeah, that's His huge. story matches that timeline, essentially, right. yeah. But to me, it's a really fucking weird story. Oh, I totally agree. It is a bizarre story. Yep. But part of me – so I want to know more about this guy's work life. Yeah. Because I'm kind of thrown by the idea of – First of all, I totally get, oh, someone might be in the hot tub. I don't want to go back there. That might be kind of weird. But at the same time, you are there for a job. For a job, exactly. So do you really just leave for several hours? Or do you just shout, hey, you know. Yeah. Coming down. Yeah, or like, I'll I'll be, I'm going to be here working with my tools for the next couple minutes. And I'm going to be, you know, something like that. Like, that just seems weird that like, oh, someone's in the hot tub. Therefore, Mm -hmm. I will leave. Yeah. And then the other thing I'm thinking is like, okay, so he goes to a mall, which like if you're trying to establish an alibi, Mm -hmm. what better place? You're going to be seen by a ton of people. You buy something. So you have the receipt. He has a receipt for something he purchased there. He ran into someone who is a former police captain who corroborates his story, verifies the time that he says he was there, and also says that he didn't seem... Shaken up or, you know, didn't seem like he was acting weird, didn't seem like he just murdered a whole family, like nothing of of that nature. Yeah. I also think it's interesting that, like, you know, he's so frazzled he grabs the wrong keys. Mm Mm-hmm. But he still manages to grab his new clothes from the mall. Right. That's not necessarily an indication of anything. Right. But, it, but to me, if I'm if I'm being super skeptical, mm-hmm. like, yeah. okay, he went to the mall to establish an alibi. The receipt is a huge part of that. Then, yeah, you're not just going to let no your clothes, That's your true. new clothes sit yeah. in a van where, you know, someone could take them mm-hmm. or, you know, they could disappear. Yeah. I don't know. I find this really weird. Mm-hmm. And also, <laughs> if this guy's story is true, then this is the saddest thing. No shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I can't imagine that it's true. Yeah. So that's the whole thing. Is this true or not? That's what this is all going to come down to, essentially. So Dr. Pace, who's the one who does these sessions with him, in his notes, he says that, like, he completely believes that Bill Butterworth was so traumatized by what he saw Mm -hmm. and how he reacted to it Mm -hmm. that he felt so much shame because he reacted in his own words, in his recovered memories, like a coward. Mm -hmm. He ran out of the house. Perhaps he could have saved whoever was in the basement making the noise. But instead, he chose... To run. Hmm. And because of those things compiled, it triggered this amnesia state where his brain tried to protect him from these memories. I mean, maybe. I just, you know, I, 
The brain is a fascinating thing. Exactly. I do do think there would be, gosh, you get me with the shame thing. The shame thing. So that's his biggest thing. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like when he would be in these hypnosis sessions. So like the doctor has very specific notes. Like he's exhibiting all the signs of being fully in a a hypnotic state. His eyes are rolled back. You know, he's doing the methodical breathing, whatever. So he he completely believes that in each of these 10 sessions, he received, he like got into a full the full state of hypnosis. And he would get to these points where like his breathing would get so heavy and he couldn't go any further in, in like trying to retrace these memories. And he would get scared of what he was recovering and he'd have mm-hmm. to stop and, and he'd have to pull them out of him. And his, in his notes, he, he is very clear that he believes this is all authentic and this is all how he is reacting to his own shame about his own cowardice. But not his own shame about murdering people? No. <laughs> okay. No. This is very interesting. It is. It is. Okay. Do we have any physical evidence from the scene? Okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. I would like to get there. The answer is no, Chris. God damn it. (laughs) Well, this is a mess then. It's a mess. It's a mess. Does Bill have a gun? Like, what's what's the deal there? So that is a question that he was asked during his initial, like, four-hour interrogation. He says no. In that initial interrogation. Mm. But then his wife says that he did have a gun. She'd found it in their closet about a year earlier and told him to get rid of it. And she assumed that he had. Everyone, I'm making faces mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Which you sense. I know. Yeah, I they know. know. I don't have they to know. tell you anything. <laughs> I could sit in silence and you'd mm-hmm. listen along yeah. going on the face journey with me. That's right. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So that gun. Yeah. So it's believed that Philip was killed with a 38 caliber handgun. No idea what kind of gun it was that Mrs. Butterworth <laughs> found. Her name is Sherry as well. So it gets very confusing. That is very confusing. Yes. Found in the closet and no gun was ever recovered in correlation to this case. No murder weapon was ever found. Because he ditched it on the way to Florida? Perhaps. Perhaps he did. See, okay. The fact that he... Uh, Brandy, no, no, no! <laughs> I know. I think it's weird that he said, no, I don't, I, I don't have a gun. See, I don't think it's weird. I think it means that he's the murderer. murderer. Honestly, if he had been like, yeah, I have a gun. Mm-hmm. To me, I don't know, somehow that would seem more... Mm-hmm. Honest. Yeah. Uh, All right, continue. Okay. So this all comes out, like these recovered memories come out in these four months as they're leading up to trial. Let me tell you, this is 1988 now and fucking trials happen at the snap of your fingers. So... uh, Yeah, it's old timey times, right? That's so rude. Uh, May 9th of 1988. So like... in 95. Stop it. Five months after these murders, Mm -hmm. jury selection begins in Bill Butterworth's trial. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm having such a hard time not calling him Buttersworth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a sticky situation. It is a real sticky situation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We all get it. Yes. So, yeah, just like five months later, it's like bing, bang, boom. We're going to trial. Okay. What's... What's the general thought on hypnosis? Is it respected 
amongst the field of psychiatry. If you keep your pants on for approximately five more seconds, I will tell you. Um, do you see how flowy these joggers are? They are. They are. These are the flowiest. Man, we could put a fan on me and I could be a model in a JCPenney catalog. You could be a golden girl. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're, you? they were like 50 when that show started, so you're not far off there. Oh, wow. Age. Oh, so so we're being hateful now. Yes, we are. Is, I've been very triggered by you. Is this because I said that we were damn near 40? Yes, you other? told me I was damn near 40. I, you didn't say we are damn near 40. You said well, Brady, you I'm are older. damn near 40. I'm older and than you. So the rudest thing you've ever said to me. It's the truest. But you know what? Then I went home and David and I decided that for my 40th birthday, uh-huh. we're going to Key West. And so now I'm counting down to 40 and I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> you know what? Here's why we established earlier that I'm not a bitch, never have been, never even been called one. But here's why I might be one. Uh-huh. I know how weird you are about age. Yeah. You're super weird about it. Yeah. So I like to remind you that yes. every day we get older and more decrepit. Yes. But it's because I... Well, we don't have to get into all that. Because you're getting older? We all are. No, it's not even that. What it's is it? I feel like I wasted a huge chunk of my life. I've gotten bad news for you, Brandy. <laughs> You've always been this way. So you're going to have to give that up right now. Well, it's actually this really sad reason, so I'd like you to leave me alone. No, bitch, you've always been this way. <laughs> no, that's a huge part of it. I'm, I'm sure my, that's my life it. that I wanted started way later than I wanted it to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to be the old fucking mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm way older than London's friends, moms. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's going to be great. I'm, I'm so cool that I'm going to make up for it. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, my gosh, are those orthopedic shoes? Yes, cool. they are going to say that. I didn't know they made, like, orthopedic Crocs, Mrs. Pond. There's old Mrs. Pond. <laughs> anyway, back to the case. <laughs> they seated a jury of seven women and five men. And then on May 9th, that's not correct. My God. It's May 10th. It's because you're getting old and senile. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) See, I thought maybe part of your age stuff was because David is younger than you and you have very old fashioned ideas Mm. about Mm. the woman should be younger. I will say that I do think 37 and 33 sounds like a huge difference in age. Well, especially when you consider how old you two were when you met. Stop it. A lot of people don't know that Brandy was David's teacher. I don't really, I don't know. I don't think I I feel bad about getting older. I really don't. But I do think 37 sounds way older than 33, which is my current age and David's current age. He's almost 34, though, and that sounds better. <laughs> 37 and 34. <laughs> because, like, 37 is late 30s and mm-hmm. 33 is early 30s. So Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, mm-hmm. my friend is really obsessed with age gaps and hates them. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to the case. Okay, 
Everyone, reach out and let Brandy know how old she is. It's rude. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, okay. On May 9th, they made the jury selection. They seated a jury of seven women and five men. They were sworn in on May 10th, 1988. And then the trial was underway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Prosecution gets up and they're like, this is a super fucking easy case. Who no, else could have done it? No, it's, it's super easy. He was known to be at the house. He was found with their car. Bing, bang, boom. He murdered them. Well, you would like some more physical evidence. No, it's all you need. No, it's what not. What more do you need? Physical he evidence. House. He was found with their car. Bing, bang, boom. Guilty. I mean, yeah, probably. But also you would like some more physical evidence. And then Richard Nay gets up there. Defense counsel. Moses on up. You're missing the little dance the little she's doing. Podium. This is him walking like a cowboy, kind of. Yeah, sure. It's a Mosey. Uh-huh. He walks up to the podium and he, he says, <laughs> today we're going to present to you some evidence from Bill Butterworth himself. He will take the stand. Oh. And he will tell you in his own words the memories that he has been unread, that he has been able to uncover or recover. Now, this is not wow, a verbatim. This dunk. isn't verbatim, by what the way. A, this is my words. So he's one of the best yeah, defense yes, attorneys yeah. in uh-huh. Kansas. Yeah, yeah I I'm paraphrasing. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> memories that he was able to recover during hypnosis. Mm. And then the prosecution goes, objection! What? Excuse me? What the fuck? Is this happening? Absolutely not. And they send the fucking jury out who had just like gotten all cozy in their seats. Yeah, they just they got just shut down. down. My goodness. The fucking jury gets sent out and then they have to have this whole hearing about whether this is admissible or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this delays the trial for several days. Did the prosecution really make the screech noise? I don't think so. Damn it. I didn't find that in my notes what, anywhere, but I thought they should have. What a missed have. opportunity. I also don't think they said fuck anywhere in there, but we can't yeah. be certain. Yeah. They shouldn't, but they absolutely <laughs> should have gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the defense mm-hmm. talks about all of the reasons that they think this should be allowed in. They followed specific, I don't know, there's a... a <laughs> Precedent about a case, Rock versus Arkansas. I didn't read Let's it. Let's hear all about it. I don't know anything. This Sounds is... fascinating. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> that case happened in eight, 1987. That's all I can tell you. It's been carried. Wow. It was carried out in a reliable manner, as suggested in Rock v. Arkansas. Would you like to know the actual um, number of that case? I'm not going to read it to you. <laughs> So you don't know anything about the case itself, but you know the number. I do. I have it. I have it copied and pasted right here. No, so basically what Richard Nay gets up and says is he says that based on this case, this should be allowed in. Mm -hmm. So Butterworth's recollections are admissible because his constitutional right to testify in his own defense. Right? I know... But we need to determine whether. So they're saying we're, we're not going to we're not going to put Doctor Pace on the stand. We're not putting him on the stand. We're not oh. looking. We just want we just want Bill Butterworth to be able to get on the stand and say what he now recalls because he went through these hypnosis sessions. Hmm. I would allow that. Yeah, and so the prosecution doesn't like it. No. They're like absolutely not, and they put this expert on the stand during this hearing who yeah. says. You know, I've done a bunch of these, and, you know, most of the time people lie. 
Yeah. Okay. The defense actually puts Dr. Pace on the stand during this hearing to talk about how the process that he went through, just to explain to the judge and the prosecution and whatever, and talk about the extensive notes that he took. And he submits those notes to the court and to the prosecution. And the prosecution still doesn't like it. They don't like that the... That the sessions weren't video recorded, that they weren't audio recorded, that all they have from them are these notes. Okay, question. Are sessions with a psychologist for court purposes, are those normally recorded? I don't know the answer to that. See, I don't know the answer to that either. Okay. Yeah. I would think, no, isn't it privileged information? I would kind of think so, but I guess if... It's for the purpose... Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So he turns over all of his records, you know, all of his notes, everything. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, the judge said, yeah, the judge asked a bunch of questions. I guess the prosecution asked a bunch of questions. So Dr. Pace talked specifically about how he met Bill Butterworth and how he was obviously introduced to him through Richard Ney. But he wasn't given any information about the charges that Bill was facing. He just knew that. He was Richard Ney's client. Okay. So he was defending him in court for something, but he didn't know. He wasn't given any background information about it. But this guy's local, right? Yeah, I assume. Yeah. And he's seen a newspaper before in his life, so he probably knows. Yeah. So he said – this is what he says specifically. He says he received no information from the police. He said – that Nay did provide him with just some like cursory information about the Fager family mm-hmm. just for the purposes of being able to ask him questions during the hypnosis. Yeah. And then he wrote in his notes if he had ever received any information from an outside source, he would write it down. So occasionally after a session, I guess Bill would be really upset. He would be really emotional. Mm-hmm. And um, on, I guess, more than one occasion, they had to call his wife to come in and, like, console him and calm him down. And so, like, if she ever gave little bits of information that was noted specifically in the note that it didn't come from Bill, it came from her. Okay. That kind of stuff. Okay. So he turns over like a hundred pages of handwritten notes from these sessions mm-hmm. to the court. And ultimately, the judge decided to let it in. Mm-hmm. Let Bill Butterworth testify in his own defense. And so the trial was set to resume, and we will hit that after oh. we break for an ad. Doodaloo! Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. We're back from the ad. Okay. Wow. Like a cliffhanger, don't you? I do. Sorry, I got to talking so much, I forgot we had to do an ad. Okay, so the judge allows the hypnosis testimony to come in. Not from Dr. Pace himself, Mm -hmm. but Bill Butterworth can get on the stand and talk about the memories that he was able to recover through hypnosis. Right. Okay. So first, the prosecutions first, they do their whole case, which is 
basically nothing. Well, it's not nothing. But yeah, I... How is there not more physical evidence? So the physical evidence that they had at the scene. So they have a police chemist named Mary Ayers. She testifies that there was no semen from anybody, including Butterworth, on either of the girls in Mm -hmm. the hot tub anywhere. Well, wouldn't it be gone because they were in the hot tub? So that's what's interesting about this. So the lack of physical evidence you would kind of expect because the two girls' bodies were in chlorinated water. Right. But there is, okay, I read an entry from a textbook about underwater forensics, and there would be some trace of it, even like they would be able to recover it if it had existed, is the gist of what I read. It would not have eliminated everything. What it can do is cause a misreading of the blood type. That seems so It can alter the blood type. But cannot destroy it completely. But I mean, like... How does that make you feel about sitting in a public hot tub? Great. <laughs> so great. <laughs> but, like, fingerprints, anything, hair, anything on on door handles? No. I read one source that said there were some fingerprints found at the scene that they could not match to any of the victims or Butterworth. Okay. So that is only one source. It's not mentioned most places. Well, damn it. I know. Because that is interesting to me. Yeah, I agree. Another source says that there was semen found in the water, just not on the bodies. Only one source says that, and that's a guy who wrote a book about this case. It's talked about in lots of the articles that I Mm -hmm. read, but it is commonly written about how that is contradicted by other evidence. Yeah. But that was blood typed. That's all they could do at that time. And it didn't match Bill Butterworth's blood type. (laughs) Okay. So who even knows if that was actually found? This woman, I have this for sure. She testifies that there was no semen from Bill Butterworth or from anyone else found on Kelly or Sherry. Okay. A KBI agent, Philip. Aviles from Topeka, he testified about some fiber evidence. Okay? You ready for this? Yes. He found Philip Fager's coat fibers on a towel that had presumably been used as a silencer for the gun. Well, that... Tells yeah. us nothing. No, this it just tells us that someone went up and correct, which yeah. we already knew. It does not tie it to Bill Butterworth in any way. It ties it to no one. To no one, in fact, yes. Yeah. Get out of here, KBI. He did, he, yeah, he did have to say like, no, there's no proof that this was ever touched by Bill Butterworth, or that it, yeah, just that it was likely used in the crime. Did someone say, thanks for nothing, asshole? And did he cry on the stand? No. Okay. I'm feeling very frustrated. Gary Miller, who is a Wichita police firearms expert, he testified that a bullet from the crime scene definitely came from a 38 caliber gun or one of a similar size. Okay. But he couldn't say who had fired that shot. Sure. And he didn't know where the gun was right this is not a strong case it's a really really weak case okay two 
friends, classmates, acquaintances uh-huh. of Kelly's. So she's the 16-year-old. Right. She worked at the McDonald's. Mm-hmm. That was just a few blocks from the house. They testified that maybe Bill Butterworth was stalking Kelly. Okay. Because in, like, November or December of 1986, his van was seen at the McDonald's multiple times. Did he creep Kelly out? Like, did Kelly ever talk about? No. So here's the problem with that testimony. He just ate a lot of McDonald's. He hadn't even met the Fagers yet at that point. He didn't work for them for like a full year after that. He didn't like meet them and get hired by them for like a whole nother year. Maybe he'd been stalking her all along and then he That's gets That's what the prosecution said. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's why he wanted the job. Okay, but again, Kelly never no. voiced. Uh, yeah, this feels like a whole lot of nothing. It's a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. I don't even really understand this testimony, but a Wichita police detective, Tom Mayhill, said that he did some handwriting analysis that showed that Bill Butterworth had signed some receipts the day of the murder. Well, what does that mean? I have no idea. <laughs> okay (laughs) also the mailman testified that he heard gunshots at the house but didn't report them okay what time not sure well shit that was the extent of his testimony well he couldn't even ballpark it I didn't find that he gave a time it's possible that he did and it did not get reported Okay. And that's pretty much the extent Mm -hmm. of the prosecution's case. Yeah. Okay, there is one more thing. They presented some evidence about the car. So they found Bill Butterworth with the Fager's car, and he had removed two stickers off of it, two Mm. identifying stickers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's something. Yeah, that's sketchy. Yeah. But he hadn't changed the plates. Well, yeah, maybe he was looking for an opportunity mm-hmm. to swap those out. But yeah, if it's possible, if you want to do something mm-hmm. to quickly <laughs> disguise the identity of a car, yeah, take off the yeah, stickers. Yeah, one of them was like a parking sticker for Boeing. Yeah, you yeah. Would definitely want to take that off. Yeah. And I think the other one had something to do with the high school that Kelly attended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, that speaks volumes yeah what well so the other side of that is saying is you know if his story is totally true and he comes to and he realizes that he's got the car of a family that's just been found murdered Mm -hmm. does he then decide that he should disguise that car well at a certain point when do you stop that yeah thing yeah absolutely so that's the. Gist. Are you going to go on the run for the rest of your life from a crime you right. didn't do? didn't do? Yeah, I would say looking at it from his perspective, is he, if he's really telling the truth. Okay, yeah. You come to. You have no idea where you've been for four days. Yeah. You come to. You're in fucking Florida. You have no idea who you've got there. You hear this news story about this family that you work for. Yep. Who has been murdered, and you find yourself in their fucking car. Mm-hmm. I think you would probably panic and try and disguise that car. 
Right. I don't know. I don't know that you... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So then the prosecution rested. And it was the defense's turn. Mm -hmm. They initially filed a motion just to get the case thrown out, saying the prosecution hadn't reached their burden. Right. The judge denied it. Then they tried to submit the BTK letter Mm -hmm. into court, and the judge would not allow it. And then they tried to submit a report from Child Protective Services. Apparently, there was some kind of incident. Mm -hmm. This is briefly mentioned in the court record, so I don't know exactly what it was. Okay. Some incident that resulted in some kind of interaction from the Fagers and Child Protective Services where Kelly and Sherry, I don't know if it was both, I don't know if it was one or the other, put on record that they were scared of Philip. Oh. And so the defense tried to submit this as evidence at trial, and the judge would not allow it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So then Bill takes the stand, and he talks about all of these memories that he has recovered. He tells his story. I've already told you about what he believes happened that day that he's recovered through hypnosis. And he's super emotional. He cries throughout the whole thing. And it comes off very believable. Okay. In court. And that's basically what the defense does. They put up a bunch of character witnesses. I didn't know you did that at the actual trial. They have, like, family members that testify for him. I always thought that was, like, in a penalty phase. but I mean, maybe it can be both. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they have a clergy that testifies for him. Mm -hmm. All kinds of stuff. And then they rest, Mm -hmm. and the prosecution does their rebuttal phase, and they put, like, a psychologist on the stand who is an expert in hypnosis. It's a different one than the one that they put on for the hearing. Right. But he says essentially the same thing. He's done maybe 50 cases of hypnosis, and in every one of those cases, he believes that the person is lying, that they are saying what they want to believe, Mm -hmm. what they want to be true, and most of them admit it to him later down the road, that they have fabricated the whole thing. Okay. And then on cross, Richard Mm -hmm. Ney is like, how do you know that's what's happening here? And he has to say that he doesn't. He doesn't know that's what's happening here. And that's – that's – Basically, the trial. The jury gets the case. God, I hate that. Mm-hmm. So. Could, oh, hold on. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so the CPS thing. Mm-hmm. Any word on why the girls were scared? No, that's everything I know about it. Hmm. Okay. Continue. I think the defense also tried to present some evidence that. Okay, Kelly is 16. She had a much older boyfriend. She had like a 20-year-old boyfriend. And like he was supposed to come to the house that day with a friend, but he called and no one ever answered. And so he says he didn't come. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, I don't yeah. So the jury gets the case. Mm-hmm. They assign a foreman and they take an initial vote. And they are split. Yeah. Seven for acquittal, uh-huh. two undecided, mm-hmm. and what's that leave? Two, <laughs> two guilty, I think. Okay. Yeah. And so then they start deliberations. They deliberated for an hour and a half. Wait, did you say? Seven, two, and two. Is that right? No. No. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. 
would have to be three. All right. Anyway. Anyway, seven, You're three, split. and two. I think it's seven, three, and two. Okay. Yeah. We can do math. Yeah. <laughs> so they they deliberate for like an hour and a half that day, and then they're excused to go home. Yeah. So they come back the next day, and they deliberate for only a couple more hours, and then they return a verdict. You're kidding me. Nope. Okay. So acquittal, right? They acquitted him on all charges, even grand theft auto. Oh, well, that's ridiculous. Do you want to know why? Why? Because they believed him. They believed his story completely. Well, he didn't set out to steal their car. Yeah, but you still stole it. He gave it back. I blow it out your ass. He didn't. It wasn't a choice he made. He was in a he was in a state. I'm in a state. I'm going to steal your car. Completely acquitted him. Okay. God damn. Mm hmm. So this this oh. verdict really split, really split Wichita. A lot of people thought this was a wrongful acquittal, mm-hmm. including the police and the prosecution and the investigators. And then people who knew the Butterworths mm-hmm. thought that this was the right thing, thought that he never could have been capable of this. And yeah, the jury got it right. I read a bunch of like letters to the editor that came out after yeah. this verdict, and it was just tearing the jury apart. Yeah. How terrible this jury was to get this so wrong. Yeah. And so then the jury foreman spoke out about it. Yeah. And he was pissed. He's like, they proved to us he drove the family's car and you want us to find them him guilty of three counts of first degree murder. Yeah, I mean it's a burden to be on a jury. Yeah. Years later, this guy like his name's Ron Blossy. Mm-hmm. And years later, like 20 years later, like he moved to Missouri after this and he went okay. back to Wichita and he went to the Eagle, the newspaper there, and like chewed them out about how this case was covered and how the jury was slandered after all of this. He wrote a book about it. Like, Oh, shut up, dude. Yeah. Um, I did find one troubling article. What? <sighs> okay. Oh, what? So he went on this the whole thing in a newspaper article about this interview in a newspaper article about how clearly there was a satanic element to okay, this case. Okay, there we go. So then I was like, holy shit, did he did he convince the other jurors of this? And so then they in this interview, <laughs> they also then go talk to a couple of other yeah. jurors who come forward and they're like, holy shit, that was never mentioned in there. Like ever. No mention of satanic worship ever came up in the jury room. Yeah. Like nothing. Like that's that guy. That's not... None of the rest of us believed that, and he didn't ever say anything to that effect. The jury foreman was asked, like, how much weight they gave Bill Butterworth's testimony mm-hmm. about if they really bought the hypnosis stuff. And he said they considered it uncorroborated evidence. So they found him believable, but they did say, like, they didn't weight it like it was guaranteed truth. Yeah. They considered it uncorroborated. Well, and I guess if it were me, if I were on the jury, okay, maybe I don't believe in hypnosis, Mm -hmm. but I definitely believe that your brain can protect you from certain things. Yeah. And things can come to you later. Yeah. And that, gosh, maybe he witnessed this terrible thing. He panicked. Mm -hmm. He drove off. Mm -hmm. He did the wrong thing. And this is the story he's telling me now. Right. Doesn't make him a murderer. Right. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't come down too hard on the jury foreman just because 
he went and yelled at reporters. But I just right. I feel like yeah, this is part of being on a jury, and is, yeah, and it is a burden. Mm-hmm. You've got to look at everything. You've got to know that a newspaper reporter is taking an entire day's worth of, te- or maybe even multiple days worth yeah. of testimony, condensing it down into a mm-hmm. little article. Yeah. And yeah, maybe they're not going to have the exact same take that you mm-hmm. did, but yeah, that's just part of being on a jury. Yeah. Okay, so here's some quotes from people involved in the case after the verdict came out. Okay. Police Chief Richard Lemunyan, he said, The department charged the correct person in the beginning, and nothing was said in court or to the jury that has changed the facts in the case. All right. So publicly, the police said... This case is closed. They got the right person. The jury got it wrong. There will be no further investigation in this case. Yeah, that. Of course, they're going to say that. Mm-hmm. I think that's shitty. Yeah. Um, Why do you think it's shitty? Well, because I I think I would have gone the way of the jury here. I don't think. Yeah. I, I don't know that I believe Bill Butterworth. I don't know that I believe his story. Right. But I don't think there's enough evidence to convict him. That I completely agree with yeah. you. Yeah, and there so would not be enough here. Yeah. I don't know that he's innocent, but I don't think they proved he's guilty. Right. And so I would have gone the same way as the jury. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the prosecution should look at the case they presented. Right. That was too weak to convict him. Right. Not just blame the jury right. for getting it wrong. Right. But they have to work with that prosecutor of course. in the future. Of course. So they're not going to shit on them. Right. They're going to shit on the everyday citizen that served on the jury. Yeah. Lieutenant Dave Williams, who supervised the investigation, said, There's still nothing to indicate someone else was involved. Contrary to what Mr. Ney said about the shoddy investigation, I think we did all we could. If we go over it again, we'll come up with the same bottom line. I mean, BTK ran rampant in this city for Mm -hmm. decades. Yeah. So I think there is absolutely something to be said for the Wichita police not doing the best job. Yeah. Yeah. And for the record, I still have not ruled BTK out on this. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And District Attorney Clark Owens had this to say. We really thought we had a good jury. We thought they could have seen through it. It had to be an absolute fabricated lie, and they fell for it. That's so. That's shitty. I think it's so shitty. Yeah, there's no accountability there. Nope. It's basically basically saying the jury's stupid. Yep. Yeah. You lost. You lost. You lost. So they did appeal. The state appealed. Wow, that's interesting. This verdict. Okay. okay. Saying that the judge erred in allowing Bill Butterworth to testify about his recovered memories under hypnosis. No. And in May of 1990, the Kansas Appellate Court upheld the judge's decision. Yeah. Yeah. So this case is officially closed. Wow. Yep. And that's the story of the Fager family murders. A triple murder. Mm -hmm. Unsolved. Unsolved. But closed. Wow, that is fucked up. Yeah, I think it's super fucked up. 
I kept waiting for you to get to the part where it's like, and here's the truth. But no, there's nope. nothing there's more. Nothing. They've never investigated it any further. They, The police say they have the right guy and the jury got it wrong. Well, what's he up to these days? I don't know. Yeah. So they did an interview. I mean, you would go. Yeah. So yeah. Bill and his wife, Sherry, did an interview with the Wichita Eagle after this about trying to get back to a normal life and all of right. this. And then the paper got like a ton of shit for giving them sure. this platform. And then I read this other article like a couple years later. This is so funny to me. About these other three men that live in Wichita who happen to also be named Bill Butterworth <laughs> that would and how suck. hard it's been for them. <laughs> <laughs> that would suck. It really would. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I couldn't find anything on, like, yeah. if Bill Butterworth and his wife ended up moving away. And then I don't know what about Mary Fager either. I don't know how she wow. fared after this. She, as far as I could find, did not do any public interviews or anything after the verdict. I cannot imagine how painful this is. Oh, I can't either. I can't either. Holy shit. Yeah. What if it is BTK's like little fuck you to the police that he won't claim this one? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a BTK thing to me. It absolutely sounds like a BTK. And the fact that he sent that letter just to fuck with them? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, granted, it very well could be a copycat Yeah, it absolutely could be a copycat thing. But- that is such a twisted crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, it fits. Mm-hmm. Isn't this case nuts? Yes. I, I think it's so weird to hear about a case like this and be like, wow, I've never heard of this one before. Yeah. God damn. I hate it. I know. But now you believe that it wasn't BTK, right? I don't think it was BTK. I do not. Why not? Because he's so fucking arrogant. I don't see a way where he could have not claimed it. He claimed murders that they had not attached him to when he got up in court and described everything that he did. And so I just don't believe that he's not arrogant enough to claim every single one he did. Okay. That's the thing. I think it fits. Mm -hmm. I think it is a very BTK-esque murder. Yeah. I think it very much fits. But I just don't see that he wouldn't have claimed it if he really was the one to do it. But who knows? I don't fucking know him. Well, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is if. I don't know if it's like a little power move. Mm hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I could see that. Yeah. His fuck you to the police. Like, I'm going to keep this one for myself. Ooh, or alternatively, uh-huh. <laughs> the police don't want him to take credit for yeah. that. Yeah. Because then Bill Butterworth and all the oh, other Bill shit. Butterworths <laughs> oh, shit. might look themselves oh, in the shit. mirror and say, let's, let's go, go to court. Wow. All right. My tinfoil hat is fully on. <laughs> I look great in it, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Goes with my ensemble. Yeah. By the way, do I smell kind of like a taco with this heating pad on me? And no, I don't smell you at all. Sweat? No, I can't. I'm not, I've not gotten a single whiff of you. <laughs> Sorry to hear it. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, boy. Should we do another ad? I think we shall. Doodaloo. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly!
You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. You looked embarrassed when I kind of rapped there for a second, Kristen. No, I was like, wow, she's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the coolest. Should we take some questions from the Discord? I believe we shall. My God, we've not plugged our Patreon. Oh, sh- give episode. the people a butt plug, Kristen. Everybody, if you enjoy the show, come on over to Patreon.com. Come on over. Come on over, baby. We've got bonus, bonus episodes, yeah. <laughs> hey, boy, don't you know I got bonus I episodes. apologize sincerely, everyone. This is my bum, fault. Bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> I got an invitation. Won't you sign up for $5 or more? Oh, bum, Okay, anyway, sign up for our Patreon. And if you're already Discord. on our Patreon, please don't cancel because We've of course it's sick. Discount a merch. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> gonna get on Patreon. Gonna get da da da. Anyway, it's a mashup. To get in the it's Discord, an all you oh. have to do is join our Patreon at the five dollar level or higher. And then when we record, we come in here and we answer some questions. I see. So you're just gonna say the stuff instead of sing it. That's right. <laughs> wow, it's a choice. <laughs> Ooh, Awala Koala wants to know, I just bought my first house. Do you have any moving slash packing tips? Okay, the last time David and I moved, we did something that I thought was revolutionary, and it made things significantly easier. So I always struggle with how to pack up, like, your kitchen and your bathroom and stuff with, Mm -hmm. like, all that miscellaneous shit. Yes. So what we did was we moved those rooms room by room in laundry baskets. So we took all the plates and stuff out of the cabinets, put them in laundry baskets, mm-hmm. took that to the new place, put it all away. So this works if you're doing an in-town move. If you're doing an out-of-town move, that's going to be difficult. So I hope you don't have that far to move. <laughs> we did the same thing with our bathrooms and our closets. And then also you're forced to put everything away right away. And so it's easier to live in your new space. It doesn't get more brilliant than that, folks. That's my hot tip. You got any hot moving tips? No. Okay. I've moved a lot. You have. You've I moved hate a lot. It. Yeah. Um, you also helped me move. I did. Yeah. We were called out for not working very hard that day. <laughs> well, you were. <laughs> Was it because you were trying on David's clothes? Maybe. <laughs> I only tried on one shirt, and I think I looked great in it. And I was asked to do that. As part of the move. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is such weird timing. Did you see the space penguins question? No. What is it? Kristen, next week I'm getting an ultrasound done to see if I have cysts on my ovaries. I'm extremely nervous and scared. Any advice on what to expect? Oh, my gosh. It's so weird. Yeah. First of all, why are you nervous? It's going to be so fun. It's not fun. (laughs) It's not fun. I thought I'd lie. And they'd be overjoyed to go there and wouldn't find out until the last minute. No, that's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) No, so I just had, um, yeah, I had the ultrasound. Yeah. Then I had the transvaginal transam shoved up my hoo-ha. 
And it was nice because this time it wasn't during COVID time. So Norman could sit there. Yeah. I told you, I felt like I was finally getting that yeah, movie that moment. Yeah, that TV moment where they're looking at your, your cyst baby on the no, ultrasound. No, not, not cyst, you know, but there's always that moment where the yeah, husband is sitting yeah. there. W- looking at the looking ultrasound at the with ultrasound. you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. usually they're not looking for a cyst. Not usually. Typically, Sometimes. no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Okay, I, here's the thing yeah. that I am horrified about, and I cannot get over this. Hmm. You had a transvaginal ultrasound, Mm -hmm. which for anybody who has, first of all, maybe doesn't have a vagina or hasn't received one of those, that means they put this giant probe Mm -hmm. into your vagina. Mm -hmm. I've had it done twice. One time they inserted it. And then the second time they asked me, would I like them to insert it or would I like to insert it myself? I think that is the best thing ever. Ask the person how they want to be treated. That should be offered every time. That is consent to me. Like, yeah. yes. Honestly, and they did not ask you. I hate that. Well, it's funny because I I liked her so much more than I liked the lady who did my last transvaginal mm-hmm. ultrasound. Now, the bar was very low yeah. there. But, but, yeah, I... That would have made all the difference yes. to me if I had at least been in control yes. for the insertion. Yes. But, you know, the thing I always think about, gosh, this is not helpful to this person who's very nervous. But, like, I always think about those states where, well, I guess now nobody can get abortion. Well, anyway. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I remember a while back there was there were some laws passed that were like if you're wanting to get an abortion you have to have a transvaginal ultrasound yeah. first and it's like horrible yeah such a violation yeah it and feels I, very violating and yes. I yeah I yeah whenever I get them which is twice now yeah I think about fourteen year olds who are having to get that done anyway boy happy times so here is my here is my my piece of advice and I think this would be difficult I think this would be difficult even for me to do. To ask to be able to insert it myself. I think that's what I would do mm-hmm. in if I were in this situation again and I was being told, okay, I'm going to give you're going to be getting a transvaginal ultrasound. I think I will ask if I can insert the probe myself, even if it's not offered to me. Yeah. I just think that changes things so much. It does. Yes. It does. Gosh. Yeah. What advice would I give? I don't know. But for I- the record, I think they should be fucking asking. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the bar, like the bar, minimum? the bare minimum. <laughs> the bar is so low at the bare minimum. At the bare minimum. Yeah. Huh. I hope everything goes well for you. Yes. Um. Yeah. I hope you're not in too much pain. Sorry, you're going through this. And good luck. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> Antiques Roadho <laughs> uh-huh. says scenario. All right. You drop your phone in a porta potty. Oh no. Do you reach in no. the water no. to get it? Or do you leave it and spend whatever money to get a new one? Absolutely spend whatever money. I would spend what whatever money. There's not a chance in hell that? I'd reach down in no. there. No. Absolutely not. Here's what mm. What? That phone's gonna be dead anyway. Even it's if not it's not surviving the murky depths. Even if it's depths, alive. And that porta potty monster is going to swallow it anyway, too. That's fine. Yeah, no. 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 You're not reaching in there. Do not. Walk away. I Phones cannot. are replaceable. Yeah. Yeah. 
<sighs> whatever. I mean, funk you get from touching that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm, no. You know, okay. So that's forever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> can't wash that away exactly there's no clean that's clean enough after that so yesterday at the Uh hospital yeah like i noticed this the last time i was in a hospital like so anytime they wanted me to get up and like go to the bathroom or do Mm -hmm. anything you know i always put my shoes on yeah and one of the nurses was like oh good you you've got shoes on um i was gonna bring you socks if you didn't have shoes and like, um, I'm sorry, no way in hell am I going in stockinged feet into a public restroom. No. First of all, never barefoot. No. <laughs> but like, no, I'm not just putting socks on. Yeah. Can you imagine? I can't, what but I hell? am reminded of like when Britney Spears got all that shit for walking into the gas station bathroom barefoot. I think people just have different standards of... Yes, comfortability with bare feet. Oh my god, different levels of comfortability. Are you trying to tell me not to judge? Because it's happening. <laughs> the judgment has come down like a hammer. I was offended that she even mentioned. Yeah, it's not something I would ever do. I don't want to go in there fully clothed. Honestly, no. like, you, you want to go completely nude. I don't want to be in there at all. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, who do you... Ma'am? Ma'am. Who do you think I am? Who do you think I am? You're talking to the Grace Kelly of podcasting. (laughs) Podcasting. You think I'm going to walk in with my stockinged feet into a public restroom? (laughs) Dear God, I'd cut my feet off. (laughs) Oh, this is for you, Kristen. Mm -hmm. Dare Pledge of Virginity wants to know, I'm currently at Disney World as a 24-year-old woman because my family goes every couple of years. Does this make me a Disney adult? I'm afraid all signs point to yes. I don't know. Your mic just my mic is askew. Mm-hmm. How I have I have shifted with it, but I, I don't know what's going on over there. <laughs> but I got a Dare real Virginity limp pledge. mic. <laughs> yeah, I, you might be a Disney adult. <laughs> yeah, I think you are a Disney adult. And I think if you look deep inside yourself, you've always you, known that was true. Yeah, you know the answer. <laughs> I don't think you need me to tell you. <laughs> oh, Rachel Mackey has a Kristen question. I almost said, I meant to say a question for you, Kristen, but mm-hmm. Kristen came out and said a question. Did you like how I rolled with it there? Yeah, you were so yeah. smooth. You were like, you know what? The show must go on. Or alternatively, I can stop and make it weird. I could have. Uh, why do we never get updates on the pets anymore? I would be pleased to hear about all of them. Oh, would you? Give us a rundown. How's everybody doing? I watched them inhale bull penises earlier. That's true. <laughs> Bully sticks. As it uh, was pointed out to me by listeners of this very podcast, it's actually they're bull penises. Okay. And that's why they're so expensive and also why they come in different sizes. <laughs> I just thought it was bad quality control and I didn't understand why they're so expensive. Now that I know that they're yeah. honest to God bull penises. Yeah. I, I you know what? rubbing your face on them. Stop it. No, I'm just saying, you know what? I understand some are going to be thicker and longer than others. Uh-huh. Also, I understand why I'm paying 40 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. 
I might be paying too little. <laughs> you know? <laughs> anyway, my dogs love the hell out they of them. They do. We gave them bolt penises on this very day because they were harassing Brandy for a bite of her sandwich. <laughs> so the dogs are doing well. Yeah. The cats are also doing well. Uh, haven't gone anywhere near the bolt penises. Yeah. Um, I did hear there was some drama, though, because the dogs got some kibble that's a little bit smaller. Yes. And so Kiki has been feasting, feasting on, dog on their food. dog food. Yeah. So... It's been quite a time. It's really just payback for all the times the dogs have eaten her shit. So, Yeah, that's I wasn't going to bring that up. <laughs> but that's another. See, this is why it's, it's just disgusting. My update. It's disgusting around here. <laughs> Are you happy? <laughs> Thanks a lot, Rachel Mackey. Yeah. <laughs> another one for you. I don't know if you can handle it. My goodness, people are obsessed with Two-time jury alternate wants to know, how's your hot tub feeling? You know what? Things are good. Okay, good. Things are good in the hot tub. Good. Mm -hmm. I don't mean to be braggy here, (laughs) but my hot tub is chugging right along. I'm living the good life, okay? Yeah. My ovarian cysts might burst open at any time, but... It could happen to me while I'm in a hot tub. Oh, sure. So there's a silver lining, and the silver lining is the hot tub. Yeah. Have you been in the hot tub since you've been having having the pains? No, but I I feel like it would probably be soothing, wouldn't it? I think it would be soothing. Yeah. But also... You'd have to get out of your Golden Girls (laughs) outfit. I I love it. No, you don't. I do. No, you don't yes, love I do. my Golden Girls outfit. I love it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love it, but it's very Golden Girls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's very... Um, I could wear this several decades from now, and it would still be age-appropriate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Listen, yeah. I just wanted to be comfy It today. looks so comfortable. I. Yeah. I've never been more comfortable. <laughs> I doubt that's true. Oh, well, that's definitely true. I'm super uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, exactly. Your I've body is uncomfortable. Yes. In my front butt. <laughs> well, I do. <laughs> that's, that's the weird thing about these pains is like it's such a specific place. Yeah. Brandy. Yeah. You ever had pain in your front butt? Yeah. I usually call it my vagina, but. No. No. See, this is not. Mm-mm. This is not vagina. It's not vagina pain. It's, it's pelvic higher pain. Up. Yeah. Pelvic pain. It's truly the front. So what butt. I. So yeah. So I usually just say, and it's I kind of categorize. Like, I call it uterine pain. I say my uterus hurts. Like even if it's not, mm-hmm. like I just associate everything with my uterus if I have pains. I'm realizing now that sounds a lot classier. Yeah. Than saying my front butt hurts. It does. Yeah. But it's not. It's not accurate. So. Hmm. <laughs> you gotta you wanna do one more? Yeah, sure. What do you got? What do you got? I don't know. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. Munchy Potato wants to know what order do you get ready in? Hair, makeup, clothing. Okay. Well your clothing. Oh, you know. Well, so I wear I I get ready in my pajamas. Actually. Okay, okay, okay. So this is my process. I wash my face because I got to get the shampoo, the lashes, do the whole thing. I put on my moisturizer, mm-hmm. and then I curl my hair. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't approve of this. And then I all clip right. my hair out of the way so my curls can set. Oh, all right. And then I do my makeup. Mm-hmm. And then when my makeup's done, pull my hair down, brush out my curls, and then I get dressed. Okay, I was starting to say nay. Yeah. Nay, you mustn't. But I like the idea that you're giving your curls time to set. Yeah. It's very important to the process. You got to let that hair cool. Yeah, sure. Locks in the curl. Sure. But you are fully clothed the entire time. Oh, I'm clothed the entire time. Yeah, no. Heavens no, I'm not doing any of that naked. Okay. What, you're just tits out the whole time? I mean, yeah. Okay, all right. tell Tell me your process. Okay, okay, so... What? My my microphone is limp again. Well, I don't know which one I have to... Who do you got to bang around here to get your microphone tightened? That would be my husband. That's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is this doing it? Well, I'm, I'm not strong enough. <laughs> <laughs> have you been lifting Oh, no, it's these maybe? ones. It's these ones. Okay. Hold on. I bet this sounds great. Sorry, yeah, Patty. I'm sure it sounds wonderful. Wow. Brandy figured it out. Good job. Okay, what do you, how, what order do you do yours in? Okay, if I'm out of the shower, yeah. it's, um, you know, skincare, mm-hmm. makeup, mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe I grab a robe. Okay. Maybe. 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 Otherwise, you'd just be fine just totally nude. Well, yeah, I'm totally nude most of the time. <laughs> Just on a day-to-day basis. Just... You look horrified. I'm talking no, it's about... great for you. I'm happy for you. Oh, yeah, you look happy for I'm happy me. for you. I'm happy for Norm. These are you great look... things. Well, no, I'm in my own bathroom. Well, what, Norm never just wanders in? Yeah, sure. Yeah, his office is on the other side of the door. Yeah. Yeah. Keeps things spicy. He peeps at you through the peephole. Through the we don't have a peephole. Key, keyhole. Keyhole. <laughs> you, got, you got antique doors. You for sure have keyholes that someone could peep through. Honestly, that would be so weird. It's weird. <laughs> I mean, would obviously be a king. I have to do a tangent on this question because what? yes, okay, David. You know, David does the laundry in our yes. house. Okay, yes. so he was putting laundry away, and he put like a whole. He had a whole stack of like my underwear. Right. And he's like putting it in my underwear drawer, and he goes, mm, "Fresh undies to sniff." Ew. I know exactly. Ew. And I was like, "Oh my god, what?" No. And then he goes, "What would you do if you like walked in here oh and my you caught any sniffing your underwear? What would you do?" What would you do if you walked in on Norm sniffing your underwear? And he was enjoying it? Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, enjoy the brand. (laughs) I think I would like slowly walk away and pretend I never saw anything. (laughs) See, that would probably be the move. I think I would want to talk about it, though. (laughs) (laughs) What if he's he's sniffing your clean underwear? So he really just likes the smell of... Of my clean underwear? Of the laundry detergent. I mean, then then the conversation is a lot less exciting. (laughs) I'll give you that. What are these, downy scent boosters? Yeah, Mm. we use those. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Suddenly the conversation's taking a much less sexy turn. Yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) He just grabbed the underwear because it was easy to ball up. Yeah, exactly. Smaller. It fits under his nose neatly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, any hooters. Um, (laughs) Should we do some Supreme Court inductions? Yes, we absolutely should. (laughs) To get inducted on this podcast, all you have to do is head on over to Patreon.com, sign up at the $7 level, or You gotta go to Patreon.com slash LGTC podcast. They knew. 
Deep down, they knew. Just like Disney adults know, know that deep they're down, Disney adults. They're Disney adults. They knew deep down that you had to go to patreon.com slash LGTC podcast. And uh, this week, we are reading your names and your first celebrity crushes. Emily Pierce. Orlando Bloom. Jess Linenkamp. Joshua Jackson. Catherine Rodriguez. John Cena. Shannon Flannery. Jay-Z. Julie Haddix. Patrick Stewart. Sandra S. Nick Carter. Maria. Kira Knightley. Tiffany Devine. Keanu Reeves. Sarah Santana. Devin Sawa. Lisa Tisdale. Joey Lawrence. Whoa. I was waiting for you to do that. I was like, wow, amazing that she's not doing the wow. Julia Pavlina. Luke Perry. Taylor Hallam. Jeremy Sumter. Jess Mary. Kurt Cobain. Brienne. Ethan Hawke. Misty H. John Stamos. Kirsten. Mercy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Wait, okay, Kurt. Oh, I even said it wrong. Anyway, wow. Kirsten. Kirsten G. Scott Menville. Crutchfield from Ernest Goes to Camp. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very specific crush. I love it. <laughs> Laranovich. JTT. Tyler. Chris Evans. Heather Caputo. Sean Cassidy. Bobby Orms. Ryan Felipe. Bert. The cousin from Dragon Tales. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor. Orlando Bloom. Welcome to the Supreme Court! Thank you, everyone, for all of your support. We appreciate it so much. If you're looking for other ways to support us, please find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, and then head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review. Then be sure to join us next week. When we'll be experts. Oh, when I'll be an expert (laughs) on a whole new topic. Podcast adjourned! And now for a note about our process. I copy and paste from the best sources on the web and sometimes Wikipedia. So we owe a huge thank you to the real experts. I got my info from reporting for the Wichita Eagle, genealogytrails.com, the Kansas City Star, the Kansas City Times, UPI, and the Court Record. For a full list of our sources, visit lgtcpodcast.com. Any errors are, of course, ours, but please don't take our word for it. Go! Read their stuff. 